the Legacy Life Podcast with me, your host, Sarah Parks. I'm a mum of three, an author, speaker, legacy coach, and lover of transformation. I help soul-led entrepreneurial change makers grow a profitable business without sacrificing your family life. In this space, I talk about everything to do with legacy, your passion, your purpose, what drives you, and the things that call you home to yourself, and what you've come here to do in this lifetime. We will be discussing ways that you consciously create your legacy. Welcome tonight to the Legacy Life podcast. I'm really excited to have Katie here and we're going to be talking about the book that we are both part of, which is called Awakening Legacy. Now in this book, there are 12 authors' stories that help you unleash your purpose. And over a series of interviews, I am going to be sharing um, and talking with each of those authors to get behind the scenes, get a flavour of why they wrote their chapter and what their legacy is what they feel their purpose is. And tonight, I've got the pleasure of having Katie here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So just for those who are listening to this podcast, um, that isn't actually Katie's voice. So if you're not watching this, If you want to watch this, you can see it on YouTube and the link is below. So, but if you're listening to this, Katie is a a deaf author and she has an interpreter with us tonight who is voicing over what she is saying. Um, So if you want to see Katie, then check out the link below and you can watch this as well as listen as well. So Katie, tell us what attracted you to being part of this book about legacy? Well, the first thing, I have previously written two books, but also I feel really passionate about, and I feel I have a deeper message to pass on to people. So it's really helped me to be involved with other people um, in writing. Sorry, I didn't catch that. (laughs) 
really, 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 really sorry. I can't spell. I'm dyslexic. So I, I... Spell it again for us, Katie, and I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Spell it again. As well. Sarah writes it. Okay. I, N, S, I, G, H, T. Oh, insights. Got it. So, and having other people's insights into writing, and it. So in so for the deaf community, um, how their situation impacts them, how their um, situation, it was insightful on how um, it's not just an individual, it's impacting everybody within the deaf community. So the, the, what I've written about in the book, it's not just an individual story. I felt it was really a really powerful message that's impacting the whole of the deaf community and how we feel. And the discrimination that's, um, that we're feeling at this moment in town and how wrong it is. So that's why I felt um, writing my chapter um, was really, really important, and writing as part of a group was also important. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've read your chapter, which is, is great, and it really gives us the sense of what it was like for you to be on the receiving end of this lack of thought and lack of um, accessibility to, to knowing what's going on at such a vital time, you know, during a pandemic, when there's vital information that we all need and not to know what's going on. So um, without, you know, giving it all away, let the, the, the listener know a bit about what what is your chapter about so briefly so i'm profoundly deaf and i'm visually impaired so I use sign language, and that's my first language. English is my second language, but I wouldn't say that I'm great at it. It's, it's not, I'm not the best. So during the pandemic, so pretty much 2020 to 2021, 18 months, pretty much. Scotland and Wales and Ireland had a fantastic access for, deaf, for the deaf community through sign language. 
they had a sign language interpreter. England, nothing. There was no interpreter. So where was our access? Big question mark. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But that's that's basically the main point of my chapter. Aha, yes. And I know um, many people had that same experience as you, right? Sat at home thinking, what's going on? I don't know what's happening. Is this important? Should I be worried? What are they saying? All of these things going on. And, um, but they didn't necessarily do anything about it. But you did. So how did that come about? So I was um, in discussion with um, some deaf friends. All their names, I've just spelt all their names. <laughs> Hold on. Making sure we pay enough. What was it? Lynn. Lynn. Stuart. Stuart Taylor. Stuart Taylor. That's a long Thank name. you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I was in discussions with my friend, Lynn Stuart Taylor, and we both sort of were talking, where's the interpreter? What, what are we supposed to do? So we set up um, two things. So the first thing was a hashtag, where's the interpreter page? So we set that up and started campaigning through that page. And then the second thing we set up was a Facebook group. So for volunteer interpreters. So to support deaf people in, um, so at the time who couldn't visit, so pe old people who couldn't get visits, um, if they need, people needed to make phone calls, contacting parents, uh, contacting the doctors, hospital appointments and stuff like that, because everything was all on the telephone and it just, everything just became really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. So that was a fantastic group because there were loads of volunteers in it, loads of um, interpreters volunteered during that period of time and deaf people Oh, deaf people also got um, created videos of um, the briefings and the news so that we were getting some information mm -hmm. and we were so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Yes, we got the information late or after everybody else and it wasn't their responsibility to do that. Mm -hmm. It was the government's responsibility and they failed they definitely failed and it was discrimination. Um, their, their, their statement that they made was, the government statement that they made was, subtitles is good enough. Mm -hmm. And that, that's so interesting because many people will probably think that as well. So, and I know part of your 
your chapter educates um, people in terms of why that is not the case, you know, why subtitles aren't enough. And I know we could probably talk for hours about that, but to give people a sense, like why, because people will be listening thinking, well, why aren't subtitles enough? Because they don't understand. You know, they, you know, maybe they don't know anybody deaf or they haven't, you know, met anybody who is deaf and they they don't understand why its subtitles wouldn't be enough. So, so why aren't subtitles enough? <laughs> so I'll just give you some brief points. So English and sign language are two completely different languages. Uh -huh. English has its uh, own grammar, linguistics. So English has its you know, word structure and everything. And BSL most, is mostly visual. So we have the sign language, hand gestures, uh, facial expressions, body language is all involved within our language. It has its own linguistic um, structure has its own syntax its own grammar and syntax mm -hmm. so they are very different languages so imagine if you were speaking in french mm -hmm. and the subtitles are in english and you but you only speak french there's it's, it's totally different language so it's impossible yeah. to compare the two languages and BSL, it's comparing a visual language to a written English language, it's not, nigh impossible. It's like comparing French and German. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you that so that, so that people get a sense, you know, get an understanding of this. Um, and I know, because we've spoken before as well, that this is something you're really passionate passionate about is this this education piece so you know if people are wanting to find out a bit more if people are curious and they're wanting to find out a bit more about um, sign language uh, what would you, your recommendation be BSL is definitely a beautiful language to learn. But it's not hard to learn because it's, it, and it can be, yeah, it can be really good fun to learn. Um, I would encourage people to go to a class in a group and not necessarily an accredited course. So I run a course that's not accredited. There are accredited courses um, where you can get qualifications um, and you can train at different levels and become an interpreter. Um, but for children and 
it's it needs to be a yeah often I feel courses need to be not a striving after qualifications but something that is enjoyable and when it's enjoyable to learn then it's fun and it's easier to learn mm. yeah I I have to say I I learned um I went to a BSL class a long time ago um I think it was 1997 something like that <laughs> I think I did 96 and 97 and I did my um, I did stage one and stage two of BSL and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed learning. But what I enjoyed most was being able to communicate with people and and, and chat and mix with the deaf community. Um, but I found it really good fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Katie, let me ask you, what do you feel your, your legacy is? So I feel my legacy is, let me think, to change how society views deaf people. Wow. And how society views sign language, because at the moment there's a huge segregation. It's very, there's such separation. You've got the deaf community and the hearing community, spoken language, sign language, and there's miles apart. There's mm -hmm. huge separation. And I want that to come together. So we're one world inclusion for all wow and it doesn't matter what your preference is whether it's spoken gestural theater sign language there's so many different ways to communicate i just want everything inclusion for all one society mm, wow beautiful yeah yeah yeah, and I, I really feel that. I Years ago, I, and, and what brought my sign language to a whole nother level when I was um, using it, uh, as you know, my background is in theatre and performance. And I auditioned, because I had some sign language skills, I auditioned for a show. Um, that was a, had three people in it and I was the only hearing actor in the show and the other two were deaf. And that show was incredible for my language skills because I was signing throughout the show, which, you know, I, I completely get what you were talking about with the two languages because in this show... I was signing and speaking at the same time. And so I completely relate to that. It is like speaking two languages. You know, it's like doing French and English at the same time. The structure's completely different. So it took me a long time and I had to learn my lines. I, it was like doing two parts at the same time. So I would, I would speak my part and I would, and I, 
and I had to learn my sign language. So it's kind of, uh, the other thing I like in it too is playing the piano when your left hand is doing something completely different to your right hand. That was what I was having to do. And I got some massive headaches rehearsing that show because it was hard, hard work learning how to speak two languages at the same time. But I did it. And once once I'd learned it, I was fine. But it, you know, it was hard. It was hard work doing. But the thing that was so incredible was actually we toured the show. And it meant that um, we had an interpreter during rehearsals, but we didn't have an interpreter on tour. So I essentially became the interpreter because you know there wasn't money in the budget for an interpreter on tour. So every venue we went to, every meal we went to together, every I was just interpreting everything. And you know, to, to make sure that my my fellow actors had access to what was going on and the information they needed and where the dressing rooms were and all of that stuff. And um, so after working on that show, I can't remember how long it was, probably about four months. Um, after that, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I had really, really um, strong sign language skills because I was immersed like day in, day out, um, which was amazing. And actually one of the actors I worked with, he was in the, um, in the Freddie Mercury film. He plays his dad in the Freddie Mercury film. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. So yes. Um, so he was one of the fellow actors. Uh, yeah. So that, that was my experience. So I, it's been close to my heart. And the other actress who worked in that show, she, um, she'd she been to America, to Gallaudet University in America. And so, yeah, Gallaudet University. Um, so she had some time over there, which she said was the most amazing experience because the shops, the everything there, it's a whole like, town really that is um that it's it's a strong strong deaf community and everybody signs everybody signs and it was her first ever experience of going somewhere where she felt completely included and like everything was accessible to her uh, have you been yes i went i've been to america and and it's a very strong uh, sign language influence, definitely. Wow. In the future, I am hoping um, to have that same, that same ethos in the UK. Because I feel really strongly about my home, my country. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I, I feel like 
the differences from America and England are really quite big and America are doing a really good job. And over here, it's not so great. And there's a lot of things that need to change. But is that everywhere in America? Because I, I would imagine I get the thing that struck me about what she was saying about Gallaudet was it was like an oasis because it's a whole town, right? That everybody signs in this, you know, everybody signs in the shop. There's a massive deaf community. A lot of the people who live there are deaf, right? People who are studying there are deaf. So, yeah. So Gallaudet is definitely mm-hmm. a, u- a unique place. Yeah. L.A. Oh, okay. L.A. LA is quite similar. So there's lots of good um, access. Okay. Florida. Florida. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's quite good. So there are some places that are really good access. They're amazing. The whole of America, I, I, I mean, I honestly don't know. Yeah. But I know Florida, L.A. Mm-hmm. And obviously Gallaudet. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. So those three places, I definitely, I know that are, are, are have amazing access. Mm-hmm. So I just um, interjected that um, the TV is quite good as well. So oh. if and, and Katie totally agrees. If um, if there's a disaster or something happens, they okay. have it. Oh, okay. Without fail. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, I suppose there's lessons for us here in this country, in the UK, to learn from that. And I have to say that was something I was massively impressed with when um, I saw the first COVID briefing here in Scotland, because I live in Edinburgh, and there was an interpreter there, there was Nicola Sturgeon there, and there was always an interpreter there. And I was really impressed with to see that. And that's how it should be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, um, in England, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that will change. But now with COVID petering out. Mm-hmm. Um, and not having so many um uh, what they called the announcements mm-hmm. yeah then um there's not the importance mm-hmm. now so much i guess and it's really disappointing but this has been going on since march 2020 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and So Wales, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, Ireland, and Scotland have had interpreters for all of their mm-hmm. briefings. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it does sort of highlight that, that awareness and that inclusion when things happen. You know, like Anne pointed out that, you know, in America, if something happens like there's a disaster or something, they're very good at having that, but it's having that awareness and making sure that, you know, that is being organized and that is being thought about at, at those most crucial times, you know, 
so that the deaf community aren't in a in a place in a vulnerable position because they don't know what's going on. Mm. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah. So we've been chatting for a while. It's probably good for us to sort of start to wrap this up. Um, what's one thing that you would like to leave with our viewers and listeners tonight? We are humans, just like you. We use sign language, but please don't be ashamed. And please don't put shame on us. We're in this together. We can do this together. Mm -hmm. If you understand us, we'll understand you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Really, really lovely. Um, and I thought I've, I would just finish off with, because that just reminded me of my sort of vision and you shared yours earlier, you know, your sort of vision of how you would love the world to be. And mine is um, that our children grow up in a world of possibility where conscious legacy creation is the norm so it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter the color of your skin it doesn't matter what gender you are or you know if you're seen to have a disability you know that we all have worth we all have magic to bring into this world. We all have a purpose. Um, yeah. So I think that's a good place to finish. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for, for talking with me this evening. And if anybody is listening, where can they um, connect with you? Where do you hang out? So I'm on Facebook um, at Katie Rowley. Or you can contact me through my website, www.katiej redstar.com great and that'll be underneath here so you can catch katie's links underneath this uh, um here so you can connect with her further and i know you mentioned um group a group as well the web that you set up with the where is the interpreter campaign so 
if you send that over to me, we'll pop that underneath as well. So if anybody is watching this and they are wanting some support, then they can access that support group as well there. And if anybody's wanting to give their, give their time, if you're an interpreter listening to this and you want to gift your time or you're wanting, you know, to connect more with the deaf community as well, um, you can do that as well. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for your time this evening. And I can't wait for um, people to be able to read this book. So you might be listening to this before the launch or you might be listening to it after the launch. Now, the Awakening Legacy book will be available from the 22nd of November 2021. So you can get your copy and read more about Katie and her story and the other stories as well within the book. <laughs>